This is the Steve Zabin Show. You don't know what the hell you're doing! On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. What the hell is he doing? Here he is, the Zabe. Professional sports um, are going to be welcome in Florida. That may not be the case in every other state in this country, as we've seen. And so what I would tell commissioners of leagues is, if you have a team in an area where they just won't let them operate, we'll find a place for you here in the state of Florida uh, because we think it's important and we know that, that it can be done. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, the Sunshine State, has joined Arizona in saying they are open for sports business. What a turnabout it was by the time we signed off last night, Roller Coaster Tuesday. A little bit quieter today. Week is not done yet by a long shot, and I'm sure some more gyrations to come. But there you go. Florida says, come on, come on. Of course, you got a lot of other cross currents out there. I like the way things are going. Numbers are looking good, and hopefully we're going to be getting back to sports here in due time. It's only been, I mean, 64 days, give or take. 62 days, what, uh, March 11th it all stopped, so... Count up about 60 days plus a day or two. We're here. We're here. We got stuff to talk about. I mean, we're not going to overdo it on the the plan for this, the plan for that, the back and forth between the major league owners and the players about money. I'll just say this about that. They're going to come to an agreement. That's the bottom line. They're going to come to an agreement when it's all said and done. They're going to play baseball. Because both sides, I trust, are not idiots. And they know that they would look like the biggest asses in the world. And they would both be throwing money away if they couldn't come to some kind of agreement. But yesterday they talked about some of the more uh, technical aspects of a a return and how that would work. Some of the things, Scott, that uh, Sean Doolittle brought up in his Twitter thread. So that might well be one of the things that he was screaming about. Like, why are we starting with the money? Why don't we start with the how right. and the why? Yes, and that was the report that came out tonight and into this morning. They haven't even talked about the money yet, and they're still get like the health is is going to be a long discussion, or for as, however long as they want it, they'll get to the money later. There was a Nightingale column this morning that said they'll come back. One reason, one thing, they don't want you, the owners, to redo the deal you've already agreed to. So there's all yeah. the, there's also that too. Some guys uh, in the media, Colin Cowherd, said there's no way Alabama and USC are playing to open the season September 5th because of what L.A. is positioning as their stance. Of course, uh, the you know mayor of L.A. said, well, we can, we can dial this thing back, and I'm not sure the health commissioner really meant exactly a full stay-at-home thing, blah, blah, blah. The, uh, t- Clay Helton said he fully intends to open the season. I Against- saw that tweet today. Right. Alabama. So there's a lot of people talking past each other here on multiple fronts. Oregon is apparently in a strict, we're not doing these sports games things come the fall or at least until October. And Oregon has a date against Ohio State. And people are already, Scott, going, hold on a second. Oregon, Ohio State. Alabama, USC, they might both need uh, – hey, hey, why don't we reroute them? Ohio State, Alabama, huh? Who wants – Hell of an appetizer, huh? Hell of an appetizer. I think we're a ways away from that. Uh, Maize and Brew 
a Twitter feed dedicated to the coverage of the Michigan Wolverines, said, we hate to deflate those looking for hopes of a crowded big house on Saturday this fall, but don't shoot the messenger. Governor Gretchen Whitmer says the state is, quote, not going to be filling stadiums in the fall, unquote, if games are played. Okay, then. Today is May the 13th. These games won't be for three more months. I wonder if she would have the stones if there's like literally zero cases in the state to go. Nope, we're not letting you fill the place. You got to do it half full. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the toe. Some of these uh, college campuses are not going to worry about the place not being full because they already are not filling the stadium. They're already having to you know, create apps to reward students like at Alabama to stay for the whole damn game. Because they're leaving early to go party, Scott, to hang out with their friends, go post messages, social media. (laughs) The college kids today. Thaddeus Moss is an undrafted free agent. It is rare that UDFAs get any sort of attention whatsoever as they come into a team's ecosystem. But because his father well-known Hall of Fame wide receiver. Because he was on a national championship team, the Redskins made Thaddeus Moss available. And he talked about what it felt like to see him just get passed over and passed over and passed over and passed over and then finally not drafted. And then he talked about the offers he turned down to come to the Redskins. Here's a quick snippet of Thaddeus Moss in a Zoom press conference interview today as a member, not quite a is he a member of the Redskins? He's uh, he's you know he's their undrafted free agent. Welcome to camp, son. Yes. Interesting distinction. Are draft picks members of the Redskins, or do they have sure. to make the team first? Okay. I think. Of course, that, everybody yeah. has to make the team every year. So I guess whatever. Here, here he is. Hold on, just uh, hold on, just a second. Uh, first day working the board here. Sorry. I mean, well, first, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing to be here. Um, you know, and I, th- I thank God and the Redskins for this opportunity. Um, you know, ultimately, all I could ask for was opportunity. But, um, you know, it was definitely a slap in the face. You know, I put a lot of work in, you know, years of football. And, you know, we went undefeated. I won a national championship. Um, you know, my, I played my best ball in our biggest games. Um, you know, so I definitely felt like it was a slap in the face. Um, you know, not getting drafted, having pick kickers and punters and, you yeah. know, special teams. Just special team guys get picked over me. I definitely, felt, I definitely felt some type of way over it. But um, you know, but it's no, it's no difference. You know, I've always had to prove myself my whole life. You know, having the last name that I've had, I've always had to prove everybody wrong, um, or just prove myself right my whole life. And this is no difference. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know if the name cut against him or cut in his direction. I only he would know that as a, as a player. A lot of kids that their dads were famous great athletes, they have to live up to this mighty shadow of their dad's career and it's probably very tough difficult to uh mentally deal with but good for him and i'm glad that they're going to give him a shot i was a bit confused too as to why nobody would have drafted him uh just on pedigree alone i know that the scouting critiques of him make sense uh there also there's been some mixed scouting reviews of him as well i've seen actually contradictory opinions from scouts about his hands and or his route running and or his blocking ability. And then, of course, there's the injury concern uh, as well. But, yeah, if you're a guy like that, you're like, wow, kicker just got taken. (laughs) Kicker. 
A putter just got taken. Wow. Okay. Hello. Hi. I'm here. We need tight end production badly. That's something that could be Dwayne Haskins' best friend. And so let's hope that he can provide that for the team. Here's an interesting thing. He mentioned, we'd, we'd, B and I listened to the entire Zoom conference. Yes, super weird that anybody, an UDFA, gets a, a, a welcome to town press conference. But because it's Dad Moss, so be it. Mentions, Abe, in the long bite that you played. And also, again, he said, you know what? I'm tired of the, I'm not tired of the question of, you know who your dad is. You know who your dad is. He said, I'm just tired of the comparisons. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm not my dad. I, we got we to stop with this. He said, but that's not up to you guys. That's up to me. And, you know, somebody asked him about his identity and his legacy and, and whatnot. But here's the weird thing. Three teams were interested, including a team that had uh, a Hall of Fame tight end who just got traded because he was coming out of retirement in the New England Patriots. And the Cincinnati Bengals, who now have yeah. his college quarterback, he chose to come to the Redskins because they were first in line. And he says that Sadiq Charles, with whom he blocked right next to, he's one of his best friends on the field and off the field. Great chemistry. Yeah, yeah I can block. I love working next to the guy. But he chose to not go where Joe Burrow is. That's a little yeah. cool or a little weird to me. I like it. I, I mean, I'd look, we're talking about winning an undrafted free agent signing. Yes. <laughs> this is a very tiny championship with the smallest of victory parades but you do like winning at least in any way possible he also had a chance like you said with the patriots so uh we get him over that and let's hope he turns into something productive the current crop includes logan thomas richard rogers my guy the belt bowl bandit jeremy sprinkle <laughs> and hale henches hale henches to me hale henches sounds to me like a guy on a daytime soap opera yeah, some kind of leading villain. man Right. With a, a leading man with a square jaw and silvery hair and starring Hale Henches as Richard Debonair is the lead in Days of Our Lives. Hale Henches. Dick Debonair. Dick Debonair. Logan Thomas, Richard Rogers, Jeremy Sprinkle, Hale Henches. The group combined writes uh, Jason or, uh, writes uh, J.P. Finley for less than 50 catches across three different teams last year this position crucial position is the biggest question mark dog's breakfast whatever salad we had in the in the fridge type of move let's hope it's not a let's know but hope it's not a black hole let's hope all right uh text windows open 330-99 zabe i have a question Now back to the Steve Saban Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. From the 202 on the text line, Zabe, if possible, could you retweet the Team 980 commercial that was shot in the fall for those of us who aren't living in the area right now and didn't get to see it? Uh, that commercial's been burned. No, it has not. Uh, I'm, I burned it because they burned me. The great Wes Johnson, Duh. voice of the Capitals, stadium voice of the Capitals. Um, he burned my ass good because he was the director on the shoot, 
And at the end of one of the shots, he said, go ahead. It's like shirts versus skins. You guys lose the argument. You've got to be skins. And you're just, you know, schlubby radio guys. So start taking off your shirts. So me as a dutiful actor, method actor, I go ahead and I start peeling up my shirt to show my nascent six-pack of abs, which are right now gently resting beneath a few inches of midlife leisure and decadent eating. Not that they, they're not there, Scott. They're, the six-pack's there. It's sure. just in hiding. So mm-hmm. I lift the shirt up. Everyone else makes sure to just fake lift their shirt up. I actually lift it up. And I said to him, I go, you're going to cut that out, right? You're definitely not going to use that, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> Final cut of the commercial comes out, splashed up on ESPN, Skin. NBC Sports Washington. I'm like, you son of a bitch. i got to find the commercial. I'll retweet it, though. But, it's uh, uh, If you are a Facebook person, it's definitely on the Team 980s Facebook page. It has been tweeted and retweeted through uh, Team 980 on Twitter. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. It's available. Uh, what needs cleaning from the 315 computer keyboards? You can just see all the chip residue, soda spills, coffee, and everything else in there. Oh, yeah, not to mention the hairs, Scott. Nose hair, <laughs> arm hair, ah. ear hair. Thank all right. you. <laughs> like, all right. Ear, ear hair. Right. Gross. Gross. Just look at the back of my keyboard there. It's disgusting. Oh. It's almost like someone's eating here. I'm going to blame it on my daughter. Damn you, daughter. What, is, what are you doing? What is that? All right. So I'm going to golf in uh, North Carolina this weekend. It is the 18th annual Malcolm McLeod Memorial Tournament. I'm very proud of the fact we were very lucky we got in. You know, it was very touch and go about this date, obviously, as the pandemic hit, but uh, they're open for business. The only restriction is, uh, you know, flag sticks have to stay in, and uh, we won't be able to hang out in the bar and drink before or at, between rounds and then afterwards, but we'll be able to mingle where we're staying down there. So we're very happy it's happening because, you know, me with streaks. I think streaks are very important. I think when you have an event, a guy event, that you like every year, it is imperative that you take the Jordan Belfort Wolf of Wall Street angle and say, show goes on. Don't let it lapse. You let something lapse one year, it almost becomes like a disease that spreads. It becomes something that you're like, well, we didn't do it this year. Yeah, we're not going to do it next year. And then all of a sudden it falls apart. Now, there are trips, and I want to hear about these, by the way, on the text line and on Twitter. Talk to me about your trip, whether it's a golf trip, fishing trip, skiing trip, you name it, trip. How many years running have you done it? And give me some of the particulars of it because I love to hear it. 18 years is not that long compared to some, but it's pretty good. I'm pretty proud that we've done this for 18 years straight. So we're going down there uh, tomorrow, and we'll play for three days, and let's hope nobody meets any sort of unfortunate accidents. And we'll be socially distant and safe. We're not going to be hugging and high-fiving each other and kissing each other after pars. Ugh. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'll no, not in kiss. the least. Mm-hmm. No, not in the least. But uh, the name of the event came after the very first year. The first year we went down there, a couple of our guys, Bill and Mike, uh, had flown into Raleigh-Durham and then drove the rest of the way. 
it's really not worth it. It's five and a half hours uh, without traffic, pretty much from the outer edges of the D.C. market down there. A little bit longer depending on if you hit traffic. So it's not a bad drive. But they flew the first year for whatever reason. So we're done playing golf on Sunday. Great time was had by all. They're having a couple of cold beverages because golf is a very thirsty game, as you know. And they lose track of time. They hop in the car. They start leisurely moseying up the highway to get to the RDU airport. And then they start looking at the signs. Raleigh-Durham, 109 miles. Wait a minute. What time is What time is our flight? A hunt? 109 miles. They realized quickly they were almost certainly going to miss their flight. So get on the phone. They call Southwest Airlines. Are there any other flights? Nope. Billy's got a big meeting the next day. He's big real estate muckety-muck. Can't miss the meeting. And he's panicking now. So hammer down. They start going at speeds that are probably not recommended. And they finally get to the airport with an absurdly minimal amount of time before between getting at the airport and their flight. Of course, they still got the rental car that has to be returned, and they got to check their bags and everything else. They're not even packed, by the way. They're all stuff is all over. So they slide right up to the curbside check-in counter. They shove clothes and everything into their travel golf bags. They barge to the front of the line where everyone's waiting patiently in a civilized manner to check in for their flight. And like, we're really sorry. We're really sorry. We got to make our flies. You know, and okay, people are giving them the death stare. They get their stuff checked in. They find a guy somehow that was working for the rental car company at the curbside check in with a name tag. And they were going to go bribe him to take the car back for him, but they had no cash. So they bribed him with a couple beers that were left in the back seat of the car and a half pack of smokes. He accepted happily. Okay, it's there's prison. one problem off there. Yeah, right. That is one problem off their, their books. So they get checked in. They're like, okay, step one, we still got a shot. They go, and they go through security. They, again, barge to the front of the line, and they get through security, and everything is good. And they're like, oh, my God. They run down to the gate, and they're at the gate, and they're catching their breath. (sighs) And that was when my buddy Mike, whose last name is McGowan, pulls out his boarding pass, looks at it, and suddenly – turns white as a ghost and he looks at his boy billy and says billy i i don't know what to say but i'm i'm afraid we just missed our flight he's like no the door's still open they're not we got five minutes we're, we're about to board what are you talking about and he showed him the boarding pass it said not mike mcgowan it said malcolm mcleod he said billy i i think in all of our haste i swiped some other guy's boarding pass because look this is not me. Now, first of all, what are the cosmic odds of two names being so similar that they would get that sight recognition? You know, if the name was George Zaprinsky, you're not going to scoop that one up. You're at least going to look at it, right? Of he course. swipes up some poor sucker, Malcolm McLeod, who was due to go to Austin, Texas, probably had to get back home to see his kid's fifth birthday, and he swooped up his boarding pass. Well, they're kind of screwed now. That was when Mike decided... Well, hold on a second. And he just starts patting himself. <gasps> I've got another boarding pass, and it's mine. Oh, oh it's like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the the hallelujah chorus. Oh, my God, I got my boarding pass. Of course, the dilemma still existed. 
What about poor old Malcolm? That's when they heard the sign, or the speaker. This was last boarding for Southwest Airlines, flight noise to Washington, D.C. Last boarding call, doors about to close. And that's when Billy uttered the line of the trip that lives in infamy to my man Mike. He looked at him, and with just sort of a, a tilt of his head and really a cold indifference, he said, well, looks like Malcolm is going to have to take one for the team. And with that... He put the boarding pass back in his pocket, and they got on the flight. And that was the last we ever heard of Malcolm McLeod. We had reached out. We had tried to see, does he exist? Does he know us? We put the word out. We talked about it on our national radio show. Never heard from him again. Either he was just too angry about the incident, or I think the more likely scenario, although it makes for a lesser story, is that he simply got issued another boarding pass. That would be my most likely explanation. But, you know, this was post-9-11. This is around 2003. So they could have been really strict. Like, uh, sir, you've already been issued a boarding pass. We can't issue another one. You can buy another flight for $418. Who knows what could have happened. But what made it funny was that Bill was just so indifferent at that point. And the way he said Malcolm's going to have to take one for the team. Malcolm wasn't on our team, you know. There was no reason this guy should have taken one for the team. So me being the good trophy artist that I am kept the boarding pass and I encased it in a little Lucite box from Michael's Crafts. And then I mounted it inside a four-pillared bowling trophy base. Uh, And then on top of the four-pillared bowling trophy base, I put a pyramid of golf balls, super glued them together, bought a miniature 737 Southwest Airlines plane and put it on a pole on top of it. And that became the trophy of the tournament. And so for the last 18 years now, that boarding pass of poor Malcolm has been getting yellower and yellower and yellower as that thing has been out in the sunlight on the first tee every year at the Malcolm. So everyone needs, everyone needs a story, and uh, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. May it go off well. We had one incident one year in which a guy was missing for his tea time. We didn't know it until about three holes in. And uh, we're like, what if he's dead? Who goes and knocks on his door to find out if he's dead? And who calls the first of kin or next of kin? We need to vote on that this time. Remind me. DMV Sports Desk with Scott Lynn coming up next. Your story is welcome at 330-99. That uh, came up as I looked at uh, a tweet today. About how now, you know, certain states are finally reopening gyms and pools. Like Arizona said, gyms and pools are good. And I don't know exactly where Florida is, but they're all going to open up at some point here. Uh, This tweet said, I've got a very serious question as I see gyms, restaurants, and other businesses cleaning like they have never cleaned before. Question, did they ever clean before? (laughs) Did they ever take cleaning seriously before? Not being mean, just being honest, and I'm sure we're all thinking it about right now. That includes airlines as well, because they have to instill confidence in their customers as people fly. Question. What thing in life, anywhere, yours, at home, at work, business, personal, even from a hygiene standpoint, what does not get cleaned enough. And is there hope now 
that because people are more conscientious about it, we'll start getting a good, thorough cleaning. I think people were stunned when the New York City subway finally got shut down for one shift so they could thoroughly clean and disinfect the cars. And you're like, so that never happened before? Wow, that's pretty stunning. I'd say there's a lot of heavy uh, vending machines and or ATMs places where if you were to unplug them and pull them out from the wall, oh, my God, who knows what kind of dust bunnies, coins, candy bars you'd find back there. In your own house, I'd say the seat cushions. In your couch, never get cleaned enough. Eventually, you lift one up, and you're like, oh, my God, what the? Oh, I found the remote. Uh-huh. I, I was wondering where that thing went. Do you have Apple TV, Scott? I do. You know what? I think we do have Apple TV. I just don't know how we got it. Maybe from a free Verizon bundle or something. <laughs> I don't know how we I, got it. It's came yeah, into the I've, house somewhere. I didn't I've never watched Apple TV. Same. Yeah. Well, the, the remote for Apple TV is ridiculous. It's the most poorly designed remote. I'm sure it looked good in some boardroom in Cupertino as they said, look how sleek and small and elegant it is. It just it ergonomically it stinks. It's it's the size of uh, pretty much a stick of juicy fruit gum. Nice, it's tiny, and of course it's black and silver, and so it hides easily. It should be a day glow orange, so you can't possibly miss it. But that thing could get lost in the cushions for days, if not weeks, on end, if you're not careful. All right, what needs a good thorough cleaning now that we are in cleaning mode as the country starts to begin? to reopen 330-99-ZABE on the text window. When we come back, a tradition unlike any other, my stupid golf trip to North Carolina and the legend of Malcolm McLeod. Why do we call it the Malcolm McLeod Memorial Tournament? Was he a friend of ours who passed away? No, but he was a guy who, as one of our fellas said, took one for the team. That's next. We're up and running on a Wednesday here in the DMV. The DMV Sports Desk on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. This year, Radio 1 celebrates 40 years of informing, inspiring, and entertaining the community. The D.C. Lottery and the Team 980, 95.9 FM team up to give you a chance to win the exclusive 40th anniversary Radio 1 Scratcher with over $800,000 in cash and prizes. Keep it right here for your chance to win. I'm Scott Lynn with the latest note from Ben Standing of the Athletic D.C. earlier. Skins officials still hoping to conduct training camp in Richmond. But odds of remaining local amid the COVID-19 uncertainty, says Ben, increase as the team explores options near Ashburn. Interesting Zoom press conference for an undrafted free agent. Of course, he's tight end. Of course, his name is Thaddeus Moss. Lots of information given out by Mr. Moss today, including the fact that, yeah, he thought it was a slap in the face that he did go undrafted, but it meant a ton to him that the Skins were interested and they were the first to contact him and did so as soon as the draft ended. Talking about the virtual rookie minicamp that's ongoing. Online meetings are different. First time he's done something like this virtually. It's a different type of learning and studying. Adam Schefter says the NFL told teams today the virtual offseason continues. Now through the end of May. Initially, it was expected to end May the 15th. Baseball, several-hour meeting per reports yesterday on the proposal from owners to the players. They talked about timing, logistics, rule tweaks, among other things. No money talk yet. That may come after all the health concerns are laid out. 
UFC New York Times report notes today that while UFC 249 went off in an impressive fashion, there were safeguards that were ignored, most notably Joe Rogan shaking hands with every fighter and doing face-to-face interviews. Dana White also refused to wear a mask and gloves during the event. This report, a service of Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. DMV weather. 72, sunny in Silver Spring. Clear around 50 tonight. Some sun, low 70s for your Thursday. Nobody really knows what time it is these days. Just make sure you're there in the morning. Our man Kevin Sheehan, his show, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Doc and Galdi, 9 to noon. B. Mitch, at noon. Zabe Show takes you home 3 to 7 on the Team 980, 95.9 FM. More of the Zabe Show on this hump day Wednesday. We are live from the 95.9 FM Team 980 studios. Zabe, back over to you. All right, before we bring our next guest on, I don't know how I feel about this, Scott, and it's such a small, stupid thing. The NBA's contract with Spalding is expiring, and guess who is swooping in to start producing the new official NBA game ball starting with the 2021-2022 season? I saw Wilson. this. Wilson! <laughs> Doesn't college use Wilson as their official basketball? I think they do. It Wilson is the, the official Game ball of the NCAA tournament. Yes, sir. And Wilson also massive, massive, massive in the high school game. So Wilson's everywhere. Bah. I'm a Spalding guy. Sorry. I understand. Spalding? I mean, nothing against Wilson, but I'm a Spalding guy. Maybe our Wilson next guest like has an opinion on this. I doubt it, though, because he's got actually good higher-level opinions about all things NBA and basketball. He's got a new podcast called The Greatest of All Talk podcast and nba show he is andrew sharp he joins us now on the program andrew good afternoon do you care wilson or spaulding uh you know what i do have an opinion i was rocked by that news about 30 minutes ago i i grew up with spaulding man and it's hard to see that go i wilson i will say this as a pickup basketball player wilson makes better basketballs the the spaulding ball has always been not not great to actually play with, but as someone who hates change generally, I think it's a sign of getting older. I don't like Spalding uh, changing. I, I, I want to keep Spalding as long as we can. Yeah, I hear you. By the way, greatest of all talk podcast, you can find it wherever podcasts are delivered. You can also just go to Andrew Sharp's Twitter feed. It's right there, at Andrew Sharp, uh, spelled as you would expect it to be. Are you optimistic that the league will cobble together a plan and play this summer? You know what? It changes by the day. I think if you'd asked me last Friday after they had their big conference call with the players and Silver sounded pretty grim on there, and it sounded like there were about eight different agendas and nobody was really on the same page. At that point, I kind of made peace with them not being able to get their act together this summer. Uh, But now there's some real real momentum um and you know you had a number of the biggest superstars in the league lebron chris paul Giannis. everybody got on the phone yesterday and uh and it sounded like they all are pretty unified in wanting to play and at the same time it it sounds like the league has started to look more seriously at, at making this happen and when it happens is a completely open question at this point but I think there's so much financial incentive for everyone involved here that I would be surprised if they didn't play, whether that's later this summer or maybe even in the fall. It just makes sense for everybody to want to get this done. 
Yeah. I take the star player conference call at face value that it happened as reported. And as such, it really, it, it, it buoyed my spirits because, you know, this generation of stars, they get kind of maligned at times. And if they feel strongly about we want to play, even in something that is truncated or different, even with the risk of injury, even with, you know, being exposed to a certain extent, that that's a hopeful side for me. I'm glad to hear that because some of these old guard guys, Shaq and Reggie Miller, are like, nah, who, it's going to be an asterisk. Who cares? Don't play. I'm, I'm encouraged that this generation wants to play. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and I also think, you know, when I talk about the agendas last week, it, it started to sound like a number of players didn't want to play, and particularly guys who aren't on contenders and, you know, don't necessarily see the point of taking the risk. Um, they were sort of on the fence. And you had the Players Association earlier this week sending out surveys and text messaging everyone in the league to see whether they want to play at all. And and I think when you look at how the players have operated over the years, the stars really do tend to call the shots for those guys. And and so it's it's definitely an encouraging sign and, and was probably a sign from those stars to the rest of the players that, like, we need to all get on the same page here and we need to play. And, again a lot of that comes down to like the financial side of this where everybody's going to start losing money from their checks starting on Friday of this week, I believe. And that, and that'll continue. And, um, and at some point there's going to come a, a, a time where guys have to sort of look at this and say, well, how much are things really going to change between now and December and how much, and, and do we just want to shut things down until there's no risk? And that's a really hard question to answer. But um, but I, I do think that eventually people are going to look at this and say, well, there's a lot of money on the line here, and we can do this and, and try to keep it as safe as possible and make it work that way. Talking to NBA with Andrew Sharp, greatest of all talk podcast, at Andrew Sharp on Twitter. Nice enough to join us here on the Zabe Show on a Wednesday. Team 980, Team 980 app, 95.9 FM. Andrew, what did you make of yesterday's up and back with the reporting of, oh, the PA's taking a poll? No, they would never authorize a poll, nor are they interested in taking a poll. Okay, maybe one guy was just sort of reaching out. It, it, it was head spinning and mind numbing at times. It was, and I think more than anything, my first reaction to that news is like, okay, really, this is how a billion-dollar business operates? We're just going to individually text message every single player in the league and you know, send out like a survey link or something as if we're organizing a fantasy draft? So that was, that was my first thought, and then it makes sense that there's some dispute over what was really said. But I think more than anything, the, the, the lesson of all of this is that everyone is sort of figuring this out as we go. And I don't blame, you know, the Players Association. Association. I think there's just been a lot of chaos throughout this process and, uh, and trying to get everybody on the same page when you've got, you know, 450 players, 30 owners, and, you know, uh, hundreds of uh, team employees like it's going to be a real challenge to sort of organize everybody and um, I'll be interested to see how the NBA does it like it's a real test for everyone involved a lot of talk of so many other things going on like last dance and you can catch a lot of that on your podcast most recently I know you guys touched on Dennis Rodman transferring to the current game thoughts on him and thoughts on the bad boys as a whole in today's game coming off the last dance 
Yeah, you know, I think the the Rodman story is is pretty fascinating. I, I wonder how he would play out in today's media landscape. On the one hand, and then on the other hand, I think his uh, his story as a pro. I mean, he came into the league at 25 years old, and and you know, I you wonder like where where someone like that would even be drafted today because these days everybody wants the 19 year old or 20 year old kid with like all kinds of upside. Um, but uh, it, it more than anything, watching this documentary has reminded me, obviously Jordan is phenomenal, but the Rodman side of it and the Pippen side of it, you forget how amazing those guys were. And, you know, Rodman shut down Sean Kemp in the 96 finals. And, and so it's been cool to relive sort of the other bulls in addition to Jordan. And, uh, and then the other side of your question, I mean, the bad boys Pistons, are one of the most underrated teams of the last 30 or 40 years. And uh, I thought the documentary sort of downplayed that aspect of it. I think they deserve a lot of credit as like the one team that really did have Jordan's number for a, a couple years there. And I think that more than anything else is why he still resents them and, uh, and will take every, sh- every chance he gets to uh, take a shot at them because yeah. they, they actually just beat him straight up. I wonder, Andrew, if teams these days would be willing to go with kind of a novelty player or, or a specialist like Rodman, who was a D and re guy, defense and rebounds. Who was the last guy who was a D and re guy only in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a little bit of Draymond in him. I think Draymond is probably the closest parallel in the modern NBA, but that's part of what makes it so interesting is like thinking about how he would fit Like, he was so good that you could put him on uh, five or six different teams in this year's NBA where it would, like, you put him on the Rockets or this year's Celtics, and I think he automatically would transform those teams and make them, like, title favorites uh, just because he was so good at at what he did, and then he stayed out of the way uh, other than that, which actually has some value, you know? Yeah. Draymond has some offensive abilities much more than Rodman Rodman literally would go at times not scoring for for weeks (laughs) and not even shooting and that was fine they didn't need him to do anything like that you you said uh funny yeah go ahead Draymond Draymond will he wants to shoot and wants to be more of an offensive player and I think the Warriors the last few years have have looked at him and said okay just maybe shoot less and just be be Rodman (laughs) (laughs) and so it's tricky sometimes um, you say on your latest pod that you're not a fan of the permanent Christmas to August schedule. Can you give us the short answer why? Yeah, you know, the short answer is that I keep hearing all these, all these stories about the NBA coming back, say, okay, and they may start next season at Christmas and just play through August. And, in fact, there are a lot of owners who want to do that every year and make that a permanent change. And I just think about it as a consumer of basketball, and maybe I'm biased as a media member because it would mean me giving up my summers every year. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I, I actually like the August lull where there's just nothing going on, and I think a lot of people just go to the beach and kind of check out. And so right. a lot of people in the NBA think, like, oh, there's no football. Let's just own August. And I don't know if that's how it would really play out. I, I think that August is kind of a dead time throughout society and um, and trying to sort of, like, 
get everyone revved up for the finals in the third or fourth week of August seems like a bad idea to me. You know, that's a very interesting take and one I had not considered yet. I know this, there'd be a lot of wives and girlfriends not happy if you were saying that the wine mixer they had scheduled you to go to was not going to work because it's game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Right, Andrew? You know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking not only as myself, of myself as a media member, but I'm thinking, like, how do I explain to my wife that I've got this big Bucks sixers game and we can't go on vacation because I have to stay locked in for this meaningless series? It's a tough sell, you know? And I think it'd be a tough sell for millions of Americans. Andrew Sharp, follow him on Twitter, at Andrew Sharp, covers the NBA. It's the greatest of all talk podcast and NBA show. Thank you for your time, Andrew. Yes, sir. You guys have a good day. Take there care. There you go. Thanks. Quick break. We're back right after this. Now back to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. A lot of text messages coming in, 330-99-ZABE from the 843. Hey, Steve, it's the Hutch guy here. You know, the Hutch mini Redskins football, you could throw it a mile, was the star of many 30-man football games in my Springfield, Virginia neighborhood. Yeah, that was part of the Hutch kit, which included the plastic helmet that had a million warnings on it. Not a real helmet. Don't play tackle in this. This won't protect your head. But it's a plastic helmet with a little face mask. And he got the one generic jersey. I've shown you the picture of me and my brother Flynn wearing the matching 89 Redskin jerseys. 89, mm-hmm. 89, because that was the number they gave with the Hutch thing. 240, Zay Ben Wallace with Detroit was definitely a D and Reed guy. And he won a ring. Yeah. Although the thing about Rodman was he was such a zilch offensively. I mean, Ben Wallace, I could look up his numbers probably still gave you 10 a night or nine, eight or nine points a night. I mean, Rodman gave you two a night, if that, on just a, a putback maybe, if anything. 804. Uh, six, yeah. six, and 10 per game for Ben Wallace. Less six. than six. That's it. 5.7 okay. and nine, six. Yes, sir. Got it. Uh, 804. Hey, Scott. That's you. Yeah, thank you. Anything Hi. you can do to reduce the sound of typing on your keyboard coming through? I listen on headphones and it's kind of distracting. If not, no big deal. Sign the 804. Sure. I didn't know I was typing in segment. I tend to do that during commercial break, so I apologize. But uh, whatever we can do. <laughs> Enjoy your flight. It's such, it's such a such a niggling little complaint. No, I, <laughs> I mean, you know. Come on, I'm laughing that, not at you. I'm laughing at the 804 that this would actually bother him, sir. No, you're, it's you're it's annoying. No, it's not annoying. It's no, it's it's, it's show sound. I'm with you, Scott. Don't give an inch on this jack and ape. 804, listen. I want you to take your car. You find a big, sturdy tree That's somewhere not, in a safe part of the road, and why don't you go drive nice. right into it, okay? Wow. And then record that and send us no, no, the audio. No, no. Be safe, no, and thank kidding. you for listening. I'm just kidding. Nah, look, Damn. it's part of the show's organic. I ask Scott to look things up on the fly all the time. Scott is the absolute best first 
chief information officer I've ever had on a show. He gets things, boom, just like that when I need him. So, no, we're not going to try to muffle his keyboard, for God's sakes. How would we do such a thing, you know? Not He's in got the good equipment in his home studio that picks up sounds and things, all right? 571, if Thaddeus Moss wears number 89, assuming he makes the team, how many times will he be mistakenly called Santana? A few. <laughs> I think the answer would be a few. Uh, no 414, Wilson has done pretty well making NFL footballs for a long time. I think they'll do just fine with the basketballs. This might be a dumb question. Why is the NFL's ball called the Duke? Why is – now you get to hear my typing. Yeah, no, that, that's that's in Wikipedia. There's a whole thing about it and the, right. the story behind it. Because the original football was invented by the Duke of Windsor back in the day, even before football had come to the no, U.S. I, I from the U.K. They played a version called the King's Murder Ball, and it had an oblong-shaped ball that the Duke of Windsor invented – and therefore, we used that name when we invented the NFL ball called the Duke. I don't, I don't think that's Maybe. even, I don't know, 6% true? Close to being right. Yeah, the Duke uh, was the named in honor of the, the game's Duke. pioneering yeah. legend and Giants owner, Wellington Mara, or Mara, depending on uh, where you come from. I guess that was his nickname. This is... Per, there it is, Zabe. When, back when Mara was a young boy taking in the game from the sidelines, the Giants players dubbed him the Duke. And years later, NFL yeah. Game Ball took on this nickname as well. Yeah. There you go. Little silver spoon royalty kid. Bah. 202, Zabe, 33 trips and counting. Going back to the 1980s for my golf gang. 8 to 16 guys, depending on the year. Me and two other guys in the group have only missed one trip each out of all 33. Started with driving to Myrtle Beach every year, but eventually expanded to various other locations around the U.S. Most popular are now Scottsdale and Vegas. We don't stay at hotels, but rent big eight-bedroom, eight-bath houses with pools, hot nice. tub, putting green, plus movie and poke rooms. It's epic every year. I want in. My dream is to win the lottery, retire suddenly, and just go on everyone else's golf trips basically mm-hmm. nonstop all year long. Breaking news. Giannis's hacker has been revealed. Ooh, boy. 16-year-old kid by the name of Christian Bolton living in the U.K. Living in the U.K. Under what jurisdiction will he be tried? Good question. Uh, all right, we got to get out. Mayday, mayday. Up against the time. Top of next hour. It is a uniform crime like no other. The L.A. Rams have done it. What are you doing? That's next. You're listening to the Steve Zabin Show on the team.